Okay. So, welcome, people. We are here with another episode of the Oliver Schirach Show. It's been a long time. Um, I've been doing a lot of other things and also another podcast. And now I have Joana Opris here. I got attentive to her on some blogs and posts from LinkedIn, um, a young Romanian which starts to be very creative with her North Concept brand. So she is describing herself as an artist and product developer and entrepreneur and many things <laughs> around that. She is from Romania and lives for nine years in Denmark and starts to feel like home here. And besides working on, on side projects, she works on her new business called North Concept, as I already said, where she develops a modular clothing. Um, she de developed a zip-on jumpsuit. What was it? From the 80s inspired? But we'll find out. Which is supposed to be a game changer in the clothing industry. And that's what I saw because you were awarded or nominated for a design award, right? And you only started in 21 with North Concept. It was uh, shortlisted. So we're still waiting for the 10 finalists in uh, April. Okay, you were shortlisted. But that's uh, yeah, that's true. Okay. It's still a very good validation. <laughs> very happy to here yeah like a short like zoom one of these rockets but i'm sure there's a much longer story behind it and it, it's not an overnight success so in in the oliver shirach manier how would you describe yourself in three words and perhaps give a little bit of a description why you choose these three words for you in three words i think it's impossible <laughs> but i would say that i am a creative person so one creative um okay three words what comes up first you know the first three things that come up creative nice <laughs> hard working probably but i feel like i feel that i'm a fluid i would say fluid would be the second word i think i'm a very fluid person so these three words would change over time all the time ah. based on what mindset i'm in you know, um, I'm an executor. That's a very obvious thing for everyone that knows me that when there's something to do, I'm the first one to say I'll do it and then it gets done. So that's, yeah, initiator, creative and fluid, which covers all the words that I'm not allowed to use. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but um, <laughs> so creative, how, how, because that's the first thing you said, right? So that's yeah. very high on your list. I mean, for yeah. me, curiosity and creativity are like the first two spots on. Oh, curiosity. Of... I'm one of the most curious people in the world. <laughs> wow, I put another word into you. Um, so there's like these different personality tests. And for me, creativity is always in the top. And there's creativity and curiosity. So, but how is it for you? How, when you look at your life, where did it start that you realized that you're creative? Is it the name that people give it? And what is creativity for you? I've always created things. I think it's just experience. You know, when when you know yourself for a long time, which means you're an adult, so you have lived many years on this earth and you look <laughs> at what you have done in the past and what validation you get from other people and what concrete, like what are the things that you concretely did then uh, I I must say that I did a lot of things. 
<laughs> I made a lot of things. I make music. I I create something all the time. So I don't know. I'm creative. I think I'm also cre- creative because I like it. Like if you're passionate about it, I do feel that everyone's creative in their own way. <laughs> But then if you, you know, everyone can sing, everyone can talk. But if you're really passionate about talking, then you are a public speaker because you are passionate about talking. Everyone else does it, you know, but you are, you consider yourself a talker because you like it extra much and you enjoy it extra much, you know. So it's not necessarily about how good you are at it. It's more about how much do you like it and how much do you do it every day? You know, how how big of a part does it take in your life? You know, how much time do you actually spend on being creative or being, you know, a certain way that you, I don't know, how, how do you want to spend your time, you know? Okay, I mean. And if you can, of course. And there's, of course, a lot, a lot of questions coming up for me here. When you said you create all the time, you just mentioned music. But what is the creations for you? Is it like physical stuff that you make yeah everything did you sue? i write you know products write products music no i write i make products i uh restore furniture i made a couch um <laughs> really i make a lot of things yeah i have a couch that i made with my mom she sold the whole thing like the covers and i made the wood and all that so yeah i i, I love creating I, I create all the time so I developed a concept in the past. I've made concepts. Like I, I created a concept that was called It's Okay to Fail. Some people on LinkedIn still remember it. This was three, four years ago. Uh, it wasn't a physical product. It was a service, but it worked very well and people really liked it. Um, so I I just feel that that's what I do. I make things. Mm-hmm. I make things happen, you know. So, And another thing in creating is like taking shortcuts, you know. How can you make something faster and better and like focus on optimization. You know, you have to be create. you have to focus on creativity to be able to make, to save time, to save money, like cut costs. Um, I don't know anything, you know, I just feel everything is just, you know, I'm also like, I, I kind of see the world in a social constructivism way. So Everything's constructed, therefore everything's created constantly. So I think it's also a philosophy, you know. Okay, yeah, I can see that you really create whatever, right? I mean, furniture, businesses, poetry, problem music, solver. problem solver, right? Uh, that's it's also- the same. That's how creativity comes in. Like you have to have a reason, you know, to create something. So you say, I mean. It sounds like you say uh, a problem solver is a creative person and to be creative, you need to be a problem solver or it's just a part of it. Well, as I said, I think everyone's creative and everyone solves problems all the time. So I wouldn't say that you are a creative person or you are a problem solver, but more that you enjoy doing that. So those are uh, things you focus your time on. Okay. So I wouldn't categorize, you know, in boxes of who is creative and who is not, who's a problem solver and who's not, you know. Uh, yeah. But as much as you put time in it, you get better at it. So if you're focused and passionate about it, you will get better at it. 
<laughs> but there's always a fine line, you know, like where where do you stop being something and stop start being something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just, just like Yeah, me, it's wide questions, like you can <laughs> Yeah, you can go very wide. For me, I can see yeah. when you talk about that, like problem solving. I'm like, I love it. Um in my case, sometimes I've been to- told like, yeah, you, you see the problems, but you don't solve them. Like, yeah, because you don't like the solution I give you. Right. Then people do not <laughs> people do not see the solution you give afterwards. Um, are you when you're so creative or active or passionate about creating whatever it is? I can see it's really wide. So let's see when you're 60, whatever you have created, like probably probably a song, an album, a book, a children's book, <laughs> a brand, clothes, a house. I have no idea. <laughs> Services. Um, so what, what was my question? <laughs> I'm going, going off the in road. Circles. <laughs> yeah. You're going in circles now, but when you, when you were younger, so how did people perceive you? What was the feedback you got being always working on something? I mean, people would always say that I'm hardworking, but I mean, that's a perspective, you know, like it really depends on who it is that the feedback comes from. Like there's a lot of like relative information. You know, if if you meet people at certain times and different times, so you have different experiences with them. So it can be that if you work with someone uh, and they meet you in a period where you've been working 20 hours a day for a concert or a company or I don't know, you've been doing something where you had your own business and you've been just working your ass off and that's when they know you. And maybe after that, you need a break or something happens, you know, you change your mind and say, okay, maybe I'll take a break and learn some Danish makes it, for example, or maybe I'll do this. And then if you meet people when you're, let's say, unemployed or, I don't know, we go through all these roller coasters of life, then you can't say that those people that meet you when you're just having coffee outside or they don't know how hardworking you are or, you know, it's not a, a level of measurement. So I guess, I guess you pick the information you want from people and the way you want to be seen. And then you go with that. Like, okay, if there's like two, three people that told me that I was hardworking, that I will consider myself hardworking. Uh, no matter if there were 10 others that maybe told me I'm not working hard enough or whatever, you know? So it's also reflecting to you because if you have a low self-esteem as it can happen, it can be that maybe 20 people tell you that you're great and it's enough that one person tells you that you're not and then you're going to believe that person, you know, because we are hunting for information to validate our own thoughts. And that's what I feel. Okay, I can see So it is. It is very much about what I think about myself. And of course, I take a lot of information and feedback from other people. But in the end, it's still me deciding what information I sort out based on how my brain works. Okay, and and that's from the question: how how do you remember yourself? How other people see me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, also like as a child when you were running around and building all the time. Mm-hmm. Did they just say you're a hardworking, creative you child? Change a lot. I mean, it also if we go to uh, being a child, then it's diff- it's a different story because I do come from a very communistic uh, place. So I didn't have much freedom to do much or, or, I don't know, money to do much. So I was always outside playing. 
it's not like uh, you know here in Denmark it's really awesome that kids learn how to build a table or a chair in school or they have tools or all kind of stuff I didn't have stuff like that you know I was going to work the fields in the summer like uh, <laughs> and I don't know being outside with we we played with rocks and with I don't know things we had uh, like pieces of wood or cheap uh, football uh, balls or whatever <laughs> you know yeah but it, it didn't so, hinder you from being creative and active I think everyone was I think it's also the way we grew up we grew up in a place where we were like 10 12 kids always playing with each other like it was just always outside climbing trees was one of my favorite things <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I want to be big but I guess that when you're I feel like when I was younger I was just very in the moment playing doing whatever I don't think I ever took time to reflect on what I am or how I am you know like it didn't matter back then like just be you know yeah um, or if I did reflect it, I probably don't remember because memories <laughs> get distorted and yeah. That's that's very true. So when you say as a child you were just you you were just in a moment, do you still have these moments probably. now? Can you still do that? Or yeah. You have any totally. you have any practice to, to achieve that? I mean, many, many people are just always running after anything instead of being in the moment i guess it's a balance right because if you're only be only in the moment then you miss out on other opportunities or to build something you can build a house if you're only living on this moment right now you have to think of the strategy of building that house and being consistent uh with doing that um but I feel like I have uh, good hobbies, maybe like I like taking care of plants. I like being outside in the garden. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I'm, I can uh, leave my phone and be for hours if I'm not in the time where people should call me or I have to work. Uh, and I don't have a problem and I don't sometimes I don't know where that phone is. So I'm just probably in the garden paving <laughs> something for five hours until I get really tired. Um, and then I realize I need some water, so I forget <laughs> myself a lot, which uh, is really nice. Okay, yeah, but that's a good thing. That's a really good thing, especially after reading your profile on LinkedIn. And you know, um, while you talked, I remembered a few of the feedbacks you get on LinkedIn. Like, really hardworking girl, you give her the task and she will finish it. Um, I think there was some of yeah, those that's what people comments. say. You know, I have different uh, opinions about myself. You know, but <laughs> you ask me what usually what people say. You know, but ah, uh, it's it's this podcast is about you. It's not about how people say, but definitely the creativity and the fluidity, fluidity, right? You change. You said. Uh, you want to be fluid because things have change all the time. And, um, but you're also an executor, initiator, creative. So it's, it's really showing. Um, it can also show when you are like this initiator, right? So the ideas are just coming. You're like, oh, cool idea. Okay, let's build it. Or whatever, you go in the garden and you just want to be in the garden. So you do stuff. Whereas like, when are you sitting for 10 hours and watch whatever, Netflix, right? Uh, for them, then it's you're always active, but it's not about being active. It's just because you enjoy it, um, perhaps, and that's why I can look very active from the outside. 
of course there's workaholics yeah. right they need to work maybe they i mean everyone is at some point i was at some point you know i think as i said things are changing you're reassessing your life and your decisions all the time and that's okay to change when you can you know like we are very privileged to to be able to i don't know take the time to decide what's good for us or what we would do next or what mistakes am i gonna make now or (laughs) (laughs) so are you afraid of taking mistakes everyone is everyone is it's a fear is part of our existence and no matter how much we we say that we can control it and not be afraid of things we can't we just have to be aware i think uh when we are afraid so we can take a informed decision based on that fear like what am i afraid of and if i do this thing what would the consequence be and if i don't do this thing what would that consequence be and then you have to choose what you can live with like can I live with this regret or can I live with this regret or um, what if I lose everything? Can I live with that? Or what if I always wonder if I like that? Why didn't I do that? What is it that you can live with? And many times you can get to, you can never get to certain answers, but many times you can get to more clarity in your head. So you can, you can actually make a decision instead of panicking and having that anxiety of like, oh, but how am I going to do this? Um, you know, which is also fine. It's fine to have that anxiety. Just don't let it go forever. You know, have a five, 10 minutes panic and then you sit down and say, okay, that's that. That happened. What about now? What am I going to do? <laughs> and being systematic and critical, you know, with your thinking. That's that's what I think about fear. is not... Either you have it or you don't. Everyone has it. Okay, so basically, it's like how you handle fear, how you how you yeah. live with fear. So you say you, you can have like the five ten. Advantage. Yeah, so like you have five ten minutes. The fear which comes, and then you're aware of the fear. What are you doing? Are you sitting down meditating? Are you journaling? Are you just going for a walk and say, okay, I have the fear of whatever comes in the project, and then how do you handle and how do you master that fear into yeah something positive right you say when you're aware of the fear you can take uh, good decisions or thoughtful decisions. physical thinking i would say okay um, you so, put things on a piece of paper if if it gets too complicated to think about it in your head because you can actually go two directions with your head and then think one and think the other but sometimes if it's a little more complex you might forget what you thought on the other side so you just go on one side and say, okay, maybe, and then you get influenced by only one side of your thinking. So you put them on a piece of paper and then you look at what could be and what you would like to do. And yeah, there's many times that maybe both options are not good options. You know, it happens when you're in life in a in one, one situation where no matter what you choose is not ideal, is not the best. But you have to choose the the smaller bad kind of how you say that like uh, the <laughs> things that is least bad yeah the uh, and evil the, the thing that you can work with best you know it's like life's unfair it's just how it is you know you, you <laughs> just have to you're here just try to do what you can do and it's not like like the word master like I don't think I don't think I master anything you know I think I'm just an average person that does a lot of mistakes. Um, 
but I am very happy to be happy with myself. You know, I'm I'm pretty okay <laughs> with all the with being average. You know, I'm I'm very okay with being average. <laughs> okay, but let let's let's take um a step back because I have like my three intro questions and I my curiosity just went too fast into all these things you said from the first if you would be a new color in a coloring box what color would you be and why it can be any blue. color blue is blue. my favorite color many shades of blue i wouldn't want to be just one color because i want to have a, a shades so i would like black and white so i can change my blue based on you know nuances like there's no just one color blue there's many colors blue and now based on what i said now many people will say that they know the psychology behind people based on what colors they like and blah 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 oh that's you know? not but that's yeah not... i love blue blue is great <laughs> for me blue, it's... the sky is blue and it's awesome <laughs> yeah it, it's it's not for i'm not going into the psychology why do you like blue i mean some people yeah. one person said banana um, as a color, <laughs> uh, I had two people with transparent, right? So they can people can see through them and see the truth. Mm. Um, so for me, it's like. But then, if they can see through them, they cannot see inside of them. They would just see through them behind them. So they would <laughs> probably become invisible and isolated and not known. Never mind. You see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can take everything, right? And 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 look at it from different perspectives. Relative. Yeah. I mean, there's all these nice pictures. Um, I, I really love this one picture where you have the three sides. One is a circle, a square, and a triangle. And in the middle, you have this one object. Depending on how you, sh where you shed light on, you get one of these three. And then, of course, everything in between uh, with the different angles. Uh, just showing to us, you know, there's something where you come from makes it look different uh, or feel yeah. different. Okay, so you're one of the blue persons. Um, blue is nice. I have a blue car here for the kids, RC. And <laughs> um, I like more the metallic blue, to be honest, like the really dark metallic blue. Like I'm not surprised. Person. From a marketing perspective, I would have uh, probably assumed so. <laughs> but on the other hand, you see yellow is uh, for a very long time. For two years, yellow was like, but it's changing for me. I can see that yellow is not so Fluidity. attractive at the moment. <laughs> fluidity right as you said we are all changing all the time <laughs> so things let's expire see. you know everything you say right now might expire soon because <laughs> you might have changed your opinion on it and then yes and 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 that's another point right where we are getting so caught up on what we believe at the moment and what we say at the moment that's based on the knowledge we have the beliefs we had, the experiences we had. Tomorrow, we could just experience something which is just blowing our mind. And most of our beliefs and thoughts will change. And if you will answer the same questions, will they will be completely different. Yeah. But, but for many people, this um, will reflect as not being loyal and not being honest. But this is the true honesty about yourself. It's like seeing inside, hey, I'm changing and everything around me changes. So my approach yeah. and my beliefs should change as well. Um, then there's another introduction question. <laughs> now you have opened up very much so, but I love it. The, this question is like, if you have a secret or um, fun fact, not so many people know about you, what would that be? 
I don't know. I'm pretty open. I think a lot of people know almost everything about me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A fun fact. I I know this. Everyone knows. I I do uh, dead jokes, but everyone knows that. Did you do bad jokes? (laughs) Dead jokes. They're also bad, but like they're dead jokes, you know, like people call them dead jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Something fun about me. I dance when I eat because it makes me very happy. <laughs> okay. Seriously? So you have a big plate of spaghetti carbonara and then you dance around with the spaghetti? I'm just like... <laughs> I'm feeling the dopamine, you know? Like, food is amazing. <laughs> it's a, it's a food, you know, having food is an experience. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean... Yeah. And I have realized today again while I was eating, like, why are you eating? You have enjoyed the food and now you're eating again. So, right, it's like this. Sometimes you're aware of it, like, hey, just sit down or dance in your case and enjoy the taste, the the structure of the food and how it makes you feel. Uh, But we, at least I can realize from my life, it's, it's too seldom you really enjoy it, right? It's, it's a matter of fueling the body and, uh, to have energy super yeah. so we have looked at different things already uh different basic questions so let's go into your um yeah why why i got attentive to your profile <laughs> your your project your your little business so how i mean we know you just created all the time right so and you came to them i mean night. not all the time i also sleep and uh, yes of course but you, you scroll have... on my phone and you know talk to people and yes but generally <laughs> you like to create in different fields um and you're here in denmark for nine years i assume you came for studying or no i came i, I that's also a story that you might find online somewhere it was just random uh, I came, I was supposed to be here for two weeks and I just, I never left. It was a, <laughs> yeah, a surviving a situational, um, yeah. So it was interesting, but I did fall in love with, uh, I did fall in love with Tohus. Um, I remember distinctively being in downtown and seeing people's uh, mood, like the way they were talking, smiling, like the overall image. I still have it in my head like looking at how people are in general and I just found it very appealing and very mesmerizing somehow so you felt like you found another home like a home for your soul I I felt like I've seen a lot of the things that I somehow missed back in my in my home country and not the whole country you know like I I can speak for the whole country but where I come from you know you have a a small bubble where you come from and that was what was defining 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 my life you know uh, it doesn't apply to the whole country of uh, romania no 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 i mean some people love it i mean i know many romanians in denmark so th- you find really a lot of different very different yeah like highly educated yeah. team leads directors uh, you find also farmers okay. and so on and so forth everything in between and they all have their story but I didn't know that you came for two weeks and never left <laughs> because most come, yeah, most I know they come for exchange students or whatever, yeah. uh, work related. 
And but you have done uh, studies, right, in Denmark? Yeah, I did. And, and what was um, it actually? It was innovation and entrepreneurship. In it was really really cool, a really nice uh, program. And uh, unfortunately, it's not available in English anymore. But it was a really really good opportunity. I'm very very happy about that. It was I don't know, one year and a half of amazing life. Um, very very happy with that study okay. and the teachers and everything was really good i really liked it so um did did uh, your company come out of of this class or how comes that you were looking yeah at that was uh, it's okay to fail it was uh, back then it was it's okay to fail it's been a while and we were uh, a few people in the team uh and from all of them there was one one classmate um we were mostly like us two were the partners in it um and it was a pretty cool adventure um he moved back to bulgaria after studies um but i will always remember it was really good like really cool like it was intense and um awesome (laughs) <laughs> a good so, uh, good uh, experience really good so for the listeners what what it's okay to fail what was it exactly it was public speaking events uh, based on the fear of failure what? um it was really nice we made events where we had the public speakers invited to talk about their past failures and how they overcame all their uh, bad situations so the main reason for it was to show people that not everything's bright. And when someone says comes as a successful person, you, you don't see the struggles that they have gone through and you, you get, you get to compare yourself to their success and it makes you feel small. But when that person comes on a stage and tells you, well, I was doing this and then that happened and I was in this crap. Then you start seeing that the things that happen to them are many times not very different to what it happens happening to you right now. So you do feel that maybe you're not really wasting your time. You know that you are doing what you have to and that failure is part of your journey. That it's it's okay to fail and it's okay to learn. Uh, from from the things that you're go- going through, uh, it was very successful. We organized uh, three events and some workshops on the side, and we got over like around 200, 200 people in the last event. Um, yeah, and probably would have been a successful event if we were continuing, if we were to continue with it, but we stopped. Um, how comes you stopped because your partner left back to Bulgaria if you felt so successful about it? Um, I just didn't want to do it anymore because... <laughs> uh, Change of life. Because, huh? well, if you put it on a piece of paper and you think of what is this concept and how is my life going to be if I continue doing this and what do I have to do? Uh, so I looked at the lifestyle and what it had to be. And I realized that the only reason I wanted to do it is because it was very successful and people asked for it. But in my heart, I didn't really want to do it, you know, Uh. and I felt pushed into continuing to do it because 
there was a need for it, you know, but you can't force it. If, if you don't want to do it, you, it doesn't work out, you know? So I, I just didn't, didn't want to do it. Wow. I mean, it's a very different lifestyle. You know, it, you have to, you have to put it on a piece of paper. What is the lifestyle do you want to have? What is it that you see yourself doing? And organizing events is a very stressful industry, you know, like, and it's nice. Like I do like organizing events, but to have a whole company by yourself organizing events and build a team around it and scale it and make webinars and workshops. And it's a very stressful environment. So unless you really, really want to go that way, it's not going to work out with you saying, I'm going to do it because people really want it. You know, like it's wow. it's a lifestyle. It's a lot of networking. It's a lot of like hustle, 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 meet partnerships, meetings. Um, so everything is about network and people. So there's a lot of overload of how many people you talk to and how big it can become, you know? So you have to decide that is this something I want to do? Because you can actually shine in something else if you love doing that more, you know? <laughs> so I, uh, I stopped, but it took a long time for me to stop. It was very hard to... It's very hard to give up something that is sustainable, successful, and people keep telling you you should do it. You know, it, it is very hard to stop doing that. I can, um, yeah, what shall I say? I can see that you, you seem very young and being able to actually realize um, I have created something which created or, or responded to a certain need of people um having to hear that those story in person not only on youtube or whatever it is right see the person i'm probably being able to actually ask questions as well and and getting also the feedback from the outside that it's great and you do great and yet say no this is not me right and that at, at a young age this is very very important and I mean, i'm not that young <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but how many people are mid-30s, 40s before they realize they have been spending 10, 15, 20 years doing a certain business because it, it brought them the money for the Mercedes and the house and, the, and all these things, but yet deep inside... I mean, we have different them. motivations, right? I guess we have different motivations because I do know people that maybe like... Uh, I do know people that go to their job and do their job for this is my job and they don't get they're not necessarily uh, passionate about what they're doing and that's fine uh and then when they're off their job they have the life that they want you know they they get the car they want the family they want the house they want and if that's something that makes you happy you know then yeah do that you know but um yeah it doesn't work for me that much but i i, I can easily work I did, and I do, I, I can easily work jobs that I'm not passionate about, but it, it is a job, you know, and I, I don't mind contributing. It's it's fine. You know, I can work a lot of jobs. No, no, are, but it, I just meant more like you, you, have, you were in a team and in the end you were two people, you pulled it, um, it was sustainable, but you realized you don't want to. And in this case, it's not like being in whatever job where there's 10, 20, thousands of people and you just like, Okay, yeah. I'm doing it for the money until I find something better. But this was really like, okay, do I want to do the hustle? Do I want to have the meetings? Do I want to have all these things to make it work? No, this is not the life I see myself. So did you already 
in, the, in that period, what was the life you saw yourself doing that you said, no, this is not the life I want to have? It's not necessarily that you know what you want to do, but it, to me, it's very important that I know what I don't want to do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then there's time to discover what you want to do afterwards, you know? I've been, I've been in many situations where I decided to apply for a full-time job, where I decided to uh, consider having a full-time music career, which I don't, um, uh, I mean, it depends, you know. It's also limitations because if I could be Adele, I would choose to be Adele, you know. Uh, <laughs> so we have limitations of what we we can reach within now, you know, within our lifetime. And um, so I have, I was going through a lot of different decisions of what to do and how to, until I discovered that I would really like to have a web shop. And I firstly wanted to sell other people's uh, products. You know, I was looking at, uh, let's find some interesting people that make some cool stuff that it's worth selling, that it's not just like some fast, uh, I don't know, uh, fast produced, mass produced small things or fashion or whatever, you know, like fast fashion, uh, plastic stuff you buy in, like, you know, fidget spinners or whatever, you know. So there's a lot of interesting people that do a lot of interesting things that you can sell. And there's always more need for people to sell their stuff, you know. Uh, but I've always liked creating things. Um, and in this journey of creating things, you create things that don't necessarily become something. So you have to be able to let go to ideas that are not going to become anything, you know, like... I don't know, there's many ideas. Brainstorming is one of my favorite things, you know. <laughs> but then you come to uh, the red zone where you criticize your idea and you say, okay, what if that? What if? What if? Why is this not on the market yet? Why didn't someone else do it? Or why is it, you know, like all kind of questions. So a lot of questioning, a lot of research, a lot of reflecting. And then you, at some point, you know, you do something. And I believe that... By until I'm going to be like at the end of my life, I'm still not going to know what things I regret, you know, or not, because things change all the time. I don't know where I'm going to end up. Um, so even now, I don't know what the right decision is, you know, or but I am pretty satisfied with what I'm deciding every day. And yeah, I do have days where I want to go faster. You know, everyone has this like it is a very slow process. Yeah, so it, it goes, you know. So now <laughs> you just decided this is not what I want. I mean, I know the same. Um, when I was fired, I was like, okay, it's actually good to be fired because it's not really what I want. I want to be creative, I want to have joy in, in creating stuff. That was for me. So you knew that you didn't want to do it, so you stopped. It took you some time, right? Because it you took had to me a year to quit. Yeah, because you had the external feedback of you're doing great and this is awesome and, you know. Yeah. So that's, of course, um, but you went back into yourself and said, hey, I'm the creator of my life and I will choose, not you. Um, and then you were like, and now what? So brainstorming and a web, uh, web um, shop came up. So how did you then come up with, with the whole concept of... Um, Body suit, the jumpsuit, jumpsuit. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've been uh, searching for a jumpsuit 
for myself for a very long time that I wanted to buy for outdoor because I live a little bit outside of town and I really like them. <laughs> and I keep thinking of why is this not like practical? You know, like why isn't someone like doing this? Why doesn't it exist? And uh, I just, I decided that I was taking a course back in the summer that I applied to like a year before because it was very hard to get into so I had to wait until April to start the course so I had a very uh, I had a plan I was starting my course in April ending it in the end of June and then I said the moment my course ends this is what I'm doing and then on July I started uh, prototyping because I wanted to do one jumpsuit try one jumpsuit that splits in the waste and of course I've been asking people and like um, seamstresses in uh, August of, I, I asked people and I did get some was like ah, it's it's easy to talk but it's not really easy to execute they were saying so uh, I told my mom that uh, it doesn't matter that people discourage you somehow because it makes sense why they say it because they're more experienced but you still have to try it on your own if you have the gut feeling that it might work, you know, because, you know, I seemed to people in my, the way I saw it as someone that wants to do fashion that has nothing to do with fashion, knows nothing about it, and just suddenly wants to do that, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that's okay, I'll do it anyway, you know, and I was that, I was a person that didn't know much about it, you know, but I did have resources, because my mom was sewing for 35 years, and she's <laughs> amazing at it, so she can do the, the pieces, you know, so we can still, like, now we can make uh, pieces on demand, uh, while the production, like, production takes forever, uh, setting up a production with the manufacturer, so we can get a little more pieces at a time, so, so far, uh, I looked at it's called the bird in hand, something we studied in uh, innovation entrepreneurship in the program. You look at what your resources are and try to make a business out of it, you know, like try to fix a problem. And I noticed that it wasn't just my problem. Uh, the number one reason that I got in uh, questioning was that the reason women do not buy a jumpsuit is because it's very hard to use the toilet or to remove to remove it because you have to you have to remove all of it like and it gets on the floor and oh. it's just it's just not great you know so i was like okay i want to fix this problem you know and yeah we actually we did maybe three or four prototypes until we got to one that i said okay this is this is the one so far and even that one we are improving right now you know like it's a constant improvement of how could we make this better and how could we find the right fabrics. And yeah, it's a long process. It's a very, very long process. It takes a, up to a year just to put production in place, you know? Yeah, I am. Um, two, maybe. Yeah, I helped out someone in 2018 with designing some cups for coffee and tea, mugs and yeah. plates and vases. And I just cool. made some rough hand skits i didn't know about blender back then otherwise i would have learned blender because i think drawing it on paper with you know linear um whatever ruler and all that stuff took me probably as long as learning blender and then do it on the computer and then you also would have to render I use, it, right? I use illustrator 
You used Illustrator. I didn't have Illustrator. Yeah, for my uh, sketches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. really good in Illustrator. I'm just, I can do my stuff, you know, that's it. Like, but I couldn't be hired to work as an Illustrator uh, <laughs> employee, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, for me, Photoshop has been on the list since 2012, 13. And then I went on yeah. and off and somehow, you know, you went on and then I had a big, big iMac, it's 27 inch. And I said, now I'm sitting down with all these different pencils, right? Because in Photoshop, you can program these different pencils to do whatever. And then my computer broke. And it took me like eight, yeah. nine months before I had enough money to buy another Mac, a used one. And then all the photographs, because I took a lot of photographs of the kids and stuff, you know, and only now I slowly get back into this discipline of, because I, I, you know, I got divorced in end of year, then I had to find some work and have the dog and get used to live alone again and all these responsibilities. So now I can feel, so Illustrator is on the back of my head, but first Photoshop <laughs> and Blender okay. because I want to do, yeah. I want to do some CID. They're I pretty learn. similar. Photoshop yeah, and Illustrator. Once you learn the commands, like you can, um, I don't know, you can go around it and then you can go deeper in exactly. each of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also because I want to learn Blender. I'm a mechanic engineer. And for 20 years, I didn't do CAD drawings. And I'm like, come on. It's like five years ago, I said, like, the 3D printing gets available for private use. So it could be yeah. fun to whatever. I mean, I got 3D photographs for my kids. Some Some creatives were doing that. And I have the files. So it yeah. would be nice to finish them up and go to someone which is printing them. Then you have like your own, you know, my daughter, my son and me and my ex-wife, I think we all three, four of us have a picture, a 3D picture. You know, there was like an iPad with a special camera and he was walking around us. And <laughs> it was really Oh, funny. wow. Yeah. So of course cool. the floor is missing, right? And you need to close it where, where the camera couldn't really close. But that's why I say, you know, learning these things are first and then Illustrator might come down the road. But that's good that, you, yeah. that you're practicing. So, and what I wanted to say is like my friend came back to me now, so it's 2022 and it was 2018, almost four years later, she has the cups, like at least two different ones and all these things. So it can take long. And I remember for her, it was so difficult to find the ceramic production, right? To find someone which actually can produce yes. what she had designed in her head and on yes. paper. Yes, exactly. So, so it's you good can I have lucky. my mom. <laughs> you, you can you can be lucky and things go fast, but it can also take long. I don't so, know. If things go fast, it's probably because you have the money to pay people for it. <laughs> You're if, if you have the money to pay the people for it, it can go very fast. Okay. Yeah. The network is... And well if you find the right people that execute well, because there's always going to be problems. So I don't know about the fast journey. I don't know if anyone ever has a fast journey besides someone being like super, I don't know, rich. And then they get a designer, uh, I don't know, idea. And then in, I don't know, three months, they have a, a catwalk and then that's it. You know, like <laughs> that's not the real world, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, th but that's what you learn. It's I think it's also the experience in life, right? It's the, um, it's the more you do it, the more you know the people which can do this or that the more yes. you know the production you, you yes. the more you know the people which could help you with marketing uh yes. or, or, or spread it out and but you're in the beginning of it so things take longer yeah. and that's when having the right yeah. connections and the money sometimes will speed it up 
But what, yeah. what is the biggest learning you have? I mean, or let, let's step back before. Where are you in the process? I mean, you have three prototypes and the last prototype you still improve. Um, will... We actually did sell a few pieces to um, in our network, but it's mostly like people that we know, so friends. Um, okay. Uh, and they're on demand, so they're made uh, after their measurements. Um, oh. So people can order order them on their measurements. Then we make one at a time. When someone orders one, we make it. And then it takes uh, two weeks to oh, have it done. Okay. And at the moment, we tried to keep the production in Europe. So I, but that's very challenging for being a small company. You learn a lot. Uh, if you want really good quality fabrics, usually um, it. If you want your own fabrics, you have to order a thousand meters of it, which is very expensive. <laughs> that's without without the uh, hand sewing it, you know? So we're trying to work with uh, fabrics that are in stock and um, fabrics that are leftovers from other companies. So we, we I say we, but it's mostly me and my mom. Uh, so it's like mostly me that decides over things. <laughs> Business uh, owner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I uh, partnered with a company from uh, Copenhagen, which is a uh, sourcing agency. And they suggested that in the beginning, until I can uh, test a little bit better, like the market and how much I can sell, that I can get them made in India from uh, fabrics that they already have. So leftover stock, which would be cheaper for me so I don't get to choose my own fabrics, but uh, they have cotton and linen because I want to keep it organic and uh, good for your skin and all that. So I'm trying to focus on not using uh, synthetic fabrics if it's not necessary because it's very hard to get make a rain jacket that is not synthetic for example but if it's not necessary and it's healthier to have organic fabrics then i want to keep it like that so right now i'm waiting for my first sample um the process has been started maybe two months ago or a month and a half ago and i'm supposed to receive it in one week and a half, finally. So everything lasts, takes that much. Um, once I get a sample from them, then I can approve that I like the way they sew it and how, all, if they put all the details or if I have corrections. And then, yeah, then uh, I will, they would give me a price quote on minimum quantity orders and sizes and all, all that. So until I know that I'm not, we're still in the on demand. So we're still selling them on demand so far. And right now we are also making wrap up clothes made of cotton and um, linen, and sometimes made of um, like uh, tablecloths or other fabrics. Like so, we try to make them out of reused uh, fabrics as well. So that. Uh, we will have a few to sell on the web, web shop in September. So the web shop is not going to launch. Uh, we have a website where people can order on demand, but the web shop will probably launch somewhere in uh, September. And I make plans like that. I said, okay, I would like to launch the web shop in 1st of September. But if I get this sample, for example, and I'm not satisfied with it, or it doesn't work out with this company, then I have to do the same 
with another company, which will only make the time longer for until I get. So everything's very uncertain and I'm okay with it because um, I have a plan, you know, so, <laughs> so that's okay. Um, wow. Okay. So we know now where you are. So you have the prototypes, you're improving, you're working on a sourcing uh, on a company, which hopefully is delivering the quality you're looking for or the handcraftmanship yeah. you're yeah. looking for. So you can yeah. launch your web shop in September. And so far, everything yeah. is according to measurement. Yeah, and there's a few other strings I have, like a, a fabric factory that I found in Romania and uh, a manufacturer. I have, we have two manufacturers that we're talking to in Romania. So uh, it's also about trying to make, the, make it cost-effective, but also not, you know, uh, unfair to workers and all that. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of things. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, but that's it's it's great, it's nice. So so you have a web page and we will link to that uh, where people can yeah. hand <laughs> hand pick their their handmade uh, personalized um jumpsuit there's a form where you should put your uh, measurements and then we contact you and then we make the order personally. Okay, awesome. So yeah, we'll we'll have to see what we add in my blog post, etc. Probably need some two pictures from you, one with you and one with the jumpsuit, so people see that right away yeah. uh, for the <laughs> for the blog post and the podcast, and of course uh, where they can find you. Uh, as we are running short in time now, because I'm a bit busy, and uh, this was like we talked for a few weeks, and your life changed, yeah. and uh, you contacted me today, and I said okay. I have an NFT and animation I'm, I'm working on for a friend and I work this evening. So we made it happen. So let's, let's close it down. I'm really happy what I heard from you. And I'm like so many more questions I have for you and perhaps I can help you with some things um, after the talk. <laughs> so for me, one thing is also standing out. You mentioned it several times before we close in. It's like you, you're, you're okay with the unknown. You're okay with the uncertainty. Have you always well, had we that? should be. Yeah, but yes. And I feel the world is more and more uncertain. So we have to embrace it. Otherwise, we, I don't know, we're going to live with anxiety and fear all our lives. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I've always, I think I had it even more in the past because I was young and naive. So I would just go <laughs> with my head first and then figure out how to get out of the trouble I got in, you know? So, <laughs> okay. Um, but that's you, that's okay, you know. I I'm fine. I I'm also I've, I've been lucky, you know. <laughs> I've been lucky with a lot of things. I, I definitely think I'm a little more balanced right now in my decisions, but that's just with the age, you know. Like it's only normal that you could get a little wiser over the time uh, if you compare yourself to like five, ten years ago. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think uncertainty also makes me a little happy sometimes. <laughs> I don't know, you feel alive, having problems to solve or, but of course there's a balance, you know, like you can ask for problems that are too big, you know, like um, it's not good for a lot of people in the world right now. It's awful. So I guess that as long as we have problems like we do, which is minimal, you know, I, I don't see a point to complain about this kind of uncertainty, you know, I don't have the uncertainty of not having a roof over my head, so I can't complain about it, but probably I would complain about it if it was. So, yeah, 
it's 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 a balance okay. i guess did you have any mentors like parents friends uncles or some family I think mentors which... are everywhere I just meant like also for the, you know, this this feeling okay with the uncertainty. Because when we are teenagers, I mean, as a kid, yes, you just run out. Uh, or you have parents mm -hmm. or teachers which call you down. But as a teenager, you start to be more aware. And I think that's when many people start to be uncomfortable with uncertainty uh, around the teenage I think years. it's in my DNA. <laughs> in your DNA. So is it like your, pa yeah, your father so. and mom and grandparents? Yeah, most probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh... Yes. And I mean, you know, I always think that my weaknesses are my strengths and the opposite. So uh, being impulsive, it's not that great sometimes, but I've been impulsive in my life in the past and it did lead me to being here. Uh, so yes, I did stupid things without thinking very much about it, just deciding in like, okay, I'm going to go do this without really thinking about it and it did get me to good things and um, I don't advocate for being impulsive in general but um, yeah sometimes sometimes it turns out well luckily mm. you know yeah I mean this impulsiveness I could go down uh, another street here and start to ask you about you know where does this impulse come from how do you feel it but that's then going more into the mystical spiritual realm of intuition right i mean if you if you act on your intuition and that's what you say many good things come out of it they might seem very stupid and impulsive actions but actually something yeah. in you was driving you a certain way and if you would have yeah. thought too much the fear would come up and say oh shit what if yeah yeah exactly so i do feel that maybe i'm not so much in control uh, at least i wasn't so much in control of the decisions i made And I do feel many times that we are not, you know, we decide something and we go with it. I think what's most important is how, how you react to that, like how you react to the result of your decisions. If you can live with that, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just practicing that acceptance of, okay, well, that was a stupid decision. <laughs> I will try to do better, you know, just not beat yourself up over, over it. And I don't know. It's, it's easy to talk sometimes. It's harder to apply. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, so that, that's perfect. So we, we talked um, about creativity. Is there anything more you would, like an advice for people to be more creative, like in general? I mean, before we started recording, you said, you know, everyone is creative, even if it's just about improving your Excel um, skills because you're faster, uh, have a better overview, whatever it is, right? Or, or cleaning the house in a certain way. It doesn't have to yeah. be. It doesn't have to be the the Eiffel Tower to be called creative. No. I feel that this is this advice is for me as well because I feel maybe I'm wrong, but I feel everyone's struggling with it. Some people are better at it, but consistency and like trying not to go too extreme and like focusing on thing. If you want to be creative, if you decide that you want to be creative, if you focus on it, at some point it's going to develop. But I also feel that maybe you can decide so much of what your body likes or what your body does want you to do. So, yeah, acceptance and consistent consistency. You see, it's very, very hard to be consistent and only focus on one thing for a very, very long time. People that have become really good at what they're doing, 
were doing the same thing all over again for a long time until they got really, really good at it. Uh, so, yeah, that's for me, too. I definitely have to get better at it. I have to get better at everything. Like, that's just my motto. Get better at it. Get better at it. Um, uh, I do think that we, sh if we want to do something, I don't know, it's also very free. You know, if you want to have a life where you don't do so much and you are just uh, passing through and having a cool life or whatever, that's also fine. Be consistent at that. If that's what you want, you know, like... Do more of what you like and you will get better at it. Yeah, do more of what If you like. can, you know, because I am very aware of the privilege we have that we could, we have the time to, to do that. Yeah, but that's a good, uh, that's a good advice. Do more of what you want and you will get better at it. Yeah. All right. So... And of course, all the, ex yeah, all the experts, I mean, if you had like this, I want to be a a world-renowned, whatever, TED Talk speaker, go to whatever it's called, Toadmasters, I think it's called, and whatever not, and local. Uh, I, I love, for example, I love to speak, so I started podcasting. So now I have more than 100 interviews on the podcasting world. Uh, but I've never been speaking in front of people. And for my other podcast, uh, From Depression to Expression, which is also about, you know, expression is creativity, right? When you've in your yeah. flow when you're in your self-acceptance then you're more creative in whatever way uh i also said i will have more monologues where i'm just speaking myself about whatever i happened i didn't do that if something feels wrong there right so i probably should jump the boat and just say whatever make a few episodes when i don't find yeah. my guests to talk about where i just talk about my experiences and, and this is also what i heard in different podcasts people were doing like the interview style and then they started just because they had no one to interview and they had like once a week i have to so they started to talk about whatever they experienced and that was actually what that was bringing their podcast and their life further because they were jumping the fear um, and they yeah. got better at it right so the first few monologues were not that interesting but later down when you look the monologues get really good and, and get really interesting topics from talking yourself. Mm -hmm. But I also had that from interviewing people like you. They're like, hey, I, I I appreciate you interviewing me. I'm like, wow, you have all the information. Like, yes, but having someone asking mm -hmm. questions helps to pull out the information in a certain way. Right. So enabling people. Yes, it's enabling being a facilitator. It doesn't have to make you an expert, but you are initiating and enabling action. Yes, in some cases, it's like, I was like wondering, like they had so much coming out of them, like three episodes and we can have another two or three episodes. And from themselves, I haven't seen that kind of information because they needed somehow, in that case, me to ask. Stimulation. Yeah. So that's, that's the advice we have. And um, mm -hmm. is there any, you know, because I need to go walking the dog now. <laughs> is, there, <laughs> is there any... Um, book podcast documentary or anything that has really changed your life or person right could be a yeah, series google. of google <laughs> google has changed your life oh my google said how many ounces in a cup <laughs> it's a try saying google answered google is my friend <laughs> so so you have to google um on your phone huh so like google yeah me. um i think there's information everywhere 
Um, so we go back to curiosity, try to search for information, and always try to disprove that information <laughs> to be able to know if it's actually so you have more perspective on it, you know. Uh, it's very, very hard to find the right information, you know. Okay, yeah, and well, that's going back to again to the inner voice, the inner intuition when you get information yeah. like. Okay, is that really true? Uh, and regarding regarding books, I think it's very different based on like what you want to focus on. You know, like it's you can compare like you can compare the twelve rules of life, for example, to Lean Startup, which is like very different. Uh, they those books have very different goals, so it's very hard to to tell someone, read this book, and that's the answer to your life. You know, I, I, <laughs> um, it's more like try to find information that is relevant to you that will help you go forward in the road you want to go somehow, you know. And if you don't know how to do it or where to read or what to, like, because, yeah, Google can also be an enemy when they, like, just uh, uh, give you stuff to read and to buy and to, like, buy this book about whatever. I don't know. But ask people. I have seen that people are very nice. They want to help. We all want to help each other. So ask for help and ask for information. Ask for people's recommendations. You know, always great to to ask but more specific, you know, like uh, I, I would like a book because I'm trying to learn this or I'm trying to go that direction. And yeah. maybe you get a little more like, you know, information that is more helpful than something wide that you tell people what to do. Because what helps me maybe doesn't help you. So maybe I'm, it's not going to help you saying, well, I read that book, but maybe you're going to find it boring and you're not going to like it, <laughs> you know. So now I have a recommendation. I, according to what you answer, you know the twelve rules of life. Um, from whom is that actually? The twelve rules. That's of- uh, Jordan Peterson. Oh. it's a, a good book. <laughs> uh, I do have like comments on it, but <laughs> no, no, no uh, it's, it's, it's the second time I he- hear him today. Um, I've seen a few yeah. uh, YouTube videos from Jordan Peterson. Um, on spirituality but i didn't know it it was just uh, because this is the book that i see here that is closest (laughs) to me so it was easy easier to give it as an example (laughs) so probably it's the message for me it's the second time today i hear jordan peterson um but the recommendations for you is from a friend of mine a bulgarian i I can hear that you like bulgarians because you had a really good experience From Stoyan Jankovic. Stoyan, of course. I know Stoyan. Uh, you know Stoyan. Stoyan. Oh, my shit. friend. That's why Stoyan I know you. Cool. So you have his book? The yeah, Unsexy, no, I don't have his book. The Unsexy yes. Truth of Startup. From the Wise Form. But I kind of like, I think I know his content very much and I know his work. Um, he has also been a speaker for It's Okay to Fail. And he has also been interviewed by me in uh, Also It's Okay to Fail um, back then when we also do did interviews. And uh, yeah, I think we spent quite some time together. He's, yeah, he's from Aarhus awesome. or used to live in Aarhus. But he moved because I talked to him. Uh, I talked to him. It showed on LinkedIn that he moved to Copenhagen and I thought he was there and no, no, was no, like, no, hey, I'm coming sense. to Copenhagen, let's meet up. And he was like, nope. No, 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 no. Corona has changed all that. He mo- he was going to Sofia 
um, Sophia yeah, or Sophia, yes, whatever you pronounce it, yeah. uh, during the Corona situation because no one knew really how bad yeah. is it, and you want to be close to I'm family. I'm happy for him, but uh, yeah, too bad he left. <laughs> yes, I hate it as well because um, I really wanted to talk, and I was at his Samodiva retreat. So I do not know yeah. actually if they do another one this That's year. That's where we met actually. Not no, well, not that one. We met to uh, at his um, the one at the Yerde room he made the one with claudia ah that's why we met have yeah. you have you been there okay so that's why yeah, you're yeah. smiling yeah that's yeah. uh 2019 before the corona in december uh claudia yeah. made a mastermind retreat so people that's exactly. um and claudia also left yeah yeah they went to africa with her new bo- yeah, husband awesome. but i think they came awesome back. decision like i think her life is amazing it's awesome i'm very happy for her I think they're back. I talked to Paul, uh, but now this is okay. going outside the whole spectrum for uh, the podcast. So people, <laughs> yeah, we can just uh, end up uh, here. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll we can end catch up, up here afterwards for for the podcast, people. Um, now we we got to know why we actually have connections on LinkedIn. But yes, the unsexy truth of startup um, by starring Jankovic and I don't know the other guy. It's the startup wise guys uh, perform. So I'm yeah. pretty sure that's a really good book for anyone which is in the startup scene at the moment. Yes. And to to recommend Stoyans and the um, the wise man's there having classes all over. Uh, there were a lot in Eastern Europe, Estonia and Lit- uh, Lithuania, I think, to have a lot of these startup meetings. And but where do people find you, Joanna? Um, on LinkedIn, I guess. Yes, and Instagram and Facebook, but. Everywhere, <laughs> like everyone else, I have the same profile on LinkedIn as I have on the rest of the social media. Uh, I have very many profiles. <laughs> so, and how how do they find you? It's Joanna Opris. Or... Yeah, that's how I'm on LinkedIn and yeah. Facebook. But I mean, I don't really use Facebook that much. Yeah, and I guess uh, it's more business anyway at the moment. So LinkedIn sounds pretty good, and the web page. Yeah. Where do we find it? It's called Nord, Nord Concept, which is in Danish, but nordconcept.dk. Concept.dk. Okay. And is it only in Danish or is it in English as well? It's in English now. Only the webshop will have two, um, two languages. Okay. And so people can measure themselves. Uh, you have a guide how to measure, where to measure. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So you Pretty get your, standard. So you get your own jumpsuit if you want to. Uh, is it only for women? Yeah. Uh, so far, we only made it for women, but uh, it's open for guys too. <laughs> also, if a guy comes at the moment, you will adjust. Yeah, it. we can make it. Yeah, Super. we can make like a Dave Chappelle kind of style. <laughs> I don't know if you know what he's wearing, but he's always wearing those um, utility jumpsuits. He looks pretty cool in <laughs> Okay, but awesome. Thank you so much, Juana. Uh, there's a lot. We were jumping back and forth. And I hope you enjoyed yeah. it and learned also something about Thank yourself you. and people. Every day. <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening again, and thank you for for your patience uh, for whatever six months or something without an episode. Um, I try to be more uh, coming more. I have a, another few talks prepared, also on creativity, and let's see when they happen because at the moment. Yep. Um, things are like jumping up and down and with you Joanna we will definitely talk more (laughs) yes thank you for having me